You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. And good morning. Do not adjust your sets. This is Broncos for Breakfast. It is just me today, Scott Kennedy, your host. Uh, Nick is on assignment at the Olympic Peninsula in Seattle. And I know that we like to say, let this breathe while some come on, some come on. But you know what? I'm breathing already. I hope you are too. So uh, we're going to say hello to some folks as the uh, chat starts winding up on the different platforms. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitch, uh, we're on Twitter, which is Periscope. So all kinds of things. And I see people starting to roll in already. So, you know, say hi. I'm going to need your help today. This is a great community that we've had here at Broncos for Breakfast, and we've had a lot of fun doing it. But today, it's just me and you. So we're going to have some fun. Now, a couple of the topics that I want to hit on today as we go through this, uh, quarterbacks, obviously. Uh, you know, one of the big questions going into this season is the quarterback position. And not just who's going to play or whatnot, but, you know, how the season could play out. Because if we if we t- looked at just the last couple of days, you know, Drew Locke's season was almost ended by a freak accident. So you want know, to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll go around the horn with Aaron Rodgers. He's been in the news. He will continue to be in the news until he takes a snap for someone, whether it's the Green Bay Packers, Denver Broncos, uh, San Francisco 49ers, you never know. Uh, but he'll, he's going to continue to be in the news for a long time. I uh, want to talk about the big cap space that the Denver Broncos have. Some potential free agents. Uh, Mike Evans did a story on Mile High Huddle talking about two guys to watch for for this year. Uh, I want to take a look at another guy to look for for this year, and then let's take a peek ahead to the class of 22 because George Patton is sitting on a ton of cash, and there's some really intriguing free agents for the next year's class. Uh, And if we have time, I want to talk a little bit about instant replay. Um, just, you know, go through some thoughts I've had on how it could be improved. Um, we won't spend a lot of time on that. It's way too technical, but just, you know, why was instant replay brought in and maybe not just across NFL, but other sports and how is it being used now and how could it get better? So before we get into this too much, uh, let me, let me take care of a little business here. Um, so, uh, we're on all kinds of platforms, which I mentioned. So make sure to follow the big the big account, Huddle Up Pod on Twitter. We're also on Mile High Huddle and Facebook, Mile High Huddle Pod. And uh, as we always ask, you know, be a supporter on uh, Facebook.com, Mile High Huddle. And I know some of this gets a little confusing sometimes um, with all of the different ways to find you. But as people are rolling in, uh, us being able to reach you at different platforms, we want to be able to reach you in what is most convenient for you because we love having you be part of the mile high huddle and the Denver Broncos family. Uh, What everybody can do obviously is subscribe, like, and share whatever platform you're on. There's a way to share it with your friends. That's the whole idea of social media is to be social. So make sure you're, you're smashing those like buttons. You're hitting those share buttons, work the algorithms. I say that all the time to, to people when you're, when you've got your own little network, Take it to your advantage. Make sure that that everybody is contributing with a a subscribe, like, and share. So, uh, And then my channel, I'll throw this in here real quick. Uh, We are going to do – I know Jeremy is in here. I think Mohammed is in here too. They joined us last week. But we're going to do another show tomorrow for Euros for Lunch. We're going to do it at noon Eastern. So I want to make sure that you're subscribing to my channel. 
Uh, and I posted that in there right there. It's an auto link. If you're on a desktop, it'll ask you if you want to subscribe. And I know a lot of y'all who are in here um, have, have already subscribed. And I certainly appreciate that. But get a friend too. I'm at 820 subscribers, followers on my YouTube channel. I need 1,000. So 180 before football season is uh, is what I'm looking for. But let's uh, let's roll in here and and say hi to some people. Uh, Max Max is in here already. Uh, appreciate it. Says I forgot that Nick isn't here yet. Shout out to Scott for holding it down by myself. It's not by myself though. I, I need you guys. I'm telling you. So um, I'll I'll try and make sure I'm going through the chats and saying and uh, and and hitting some of the questions. And I'll need a break too because if I talk for an hour straight, my voice will give out. Cam is here on YouTube. Cam, welcome. Hello to everybody. EJ. EJ is always here. And one of my favorite names, you know, I just like saying it, is Mo Ron. Uh, good morning. Uh, Jeremy's here. Uh, Jeremy, good to see you. I know it's it's early out west. And um, join us tomorrow. Again, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk some Euros, Euros finals, and we'll we'll talk some uh, some EPL too and transfer news. Uh, I thought Jason did a really great job with this, and I, I hope y'all enjoyed that. We'll we'll be doing that tomorrow at noon Eastern. I'll remind everybody. Don't want to talk too much uh, Euros. I know y'all know I'm a Euro fan, but you know, and, and an international football fan. But uh, we're here for Broncos. Bob's in the house. Appreciate you being here, Bob. Uh, Mike Givens and EJ says he's hungry. What's for breakfast? Well, right now, coffee. But my pretty much standard is is yogurt and coffee. I grew up a sugar cereal guy, and I wish I hadn't been that way. I wish I had discovered protein much, much uh, earlier in in my life. So uh, welcome everybody. Um, want to, oh, Clyde, Clyde's here on Twitch. It looks like we've got a couple here and Mr. Sir McLovin on Twitch also McLovin. So, uh, quick story. We've got a, a player on our, on my son's soccer team who looks just like McLovin. It's crazy. You look at him, you're like, really? That's this kid is going to be a beat. Yeah. He's a beast. He's the best tackler I've ever seen on taking a ball off a kid's feet. And uh, I've been calling him McLovin for a year. So, uh, love the name, no pun intended, McLovin. Um, Want to roll up? Max got us started early with a a two pound, and and Max, I do know the difference between a pound and a euro. I think, yeah, it's two pound, uh, two pound euro, two pound, <laughs> two pound donation on YouTube. Uh, Super chat and says, would you trade a day three pick for uh, in Keel? Um, no, I wouldn't. Uh, you want to know why I, I wouldn't? Um, because I think you already got that guy. You already got a guy named Seth Williams with a day three pick. Very similar. You know, I look I look up in Keel and I see 6'4", 225 pounds, second year in the league. Um, hasn't He's been targeted 81 times, 45 catches, 414 yards. That's not great. Um, maybe he can do better as, as a, you know, in his third year. That, that used to be the, we've talked a lot about uh, development, and breakout seasons and year three used to be the year for for wide receivers. I think it's sooner than that now, just because uh, the kids coming out of college have been playing in seven on sevens and playing football year round, especially in passing leagues since they're in middle school. So I think the the clock is uh, a little shorter on those guys on when you can expect them to develop. So would I trade a uh, a day three pick for Inkeel? No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't do it. Um, but. I'd be happy to uh, to hear your thoughts on that one, and and certainly appreciate the pound. And and also let me know who your because uh, I've forgotten and I asked this before because I, when I see power, I think Leicester City. If you're if you're donating in pounds, you've got a team. Who's your who's your international football team? Who's your football team? So um, uh, appreciate you being here. Now, uh, getting back to 
getting back to you, let me see how I can, uh, sorry, we're going to have some technical difficulties here. Um, getting back to, I'm going to bring up the banner for Broncos for breakfast, just so you know you're here, even though it's just me and you've just got a background. So let me bring up that banner real quick. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was, uh, was a quarterbacks. That's, that's kind of where I want to start it. And I, I know we, we talk about this a lot. Um, and, and Nick and I go back and forth a lot on this as well. Um, but as I've said from the beginning, this quarterback competition isn't going to end uh, all season <laughs> for the most part. The only way that there's two ways this quarterback, this quarterback competition ends. One, badly. Uh, something, somebody gets hurt, which nobody wants to see. Uh, or two, someone takes the job and runs with it. Now, do we think that guy could be Teddy Bridgewater? Mm, probably not. Um, Teddy is a, it, the, the only thing that Teddy does that's impressive is win. So if Teddy comes in and reels off and he, he wins a starting position and he wins off four or five, six wins in a row, but it's a tough, tough opening schedule, then you're not going to make a change. Um, otherwise, you know, if someone comes in and throws, you know, three to one, four to one touchdown ratio over the course of the first three games, you know, and you're looking at nine touchdowns, three interceptions, you're probably not going to make a change either. That guy's probably not going to be Teddy Bridgewater. Could it be Drew Locke? Um, maybe. Maybe. Could be that guy. I know that's that's something that um, you know that, that folks are hoping for, but it can be – it can turn so quickly, and that's, that's what's scary about it. I mean, absolutely nothing to do with football. Nothing to do with football at all. And, and Drew Locke gets a lug nut about this big that comes through uh, and comes and hits his windshield. And thank goodness – that the the technology in today's cars makes that as strong as it is because that that could be lethal literally it, it could be lethal i i remember um before i met her my wife had one of those uh what are tearaway tires called for that you see all the time that that trucks use they they get rewrapped one of those on a on a semi came off and and hit her windshield and tore the whole windshield off of her so it could have been it could have been so much worse. So I'm, I'm certainly thankful that he's he's okay. But it's just a reminder that of all the hemming and hawing that we do about this quarterback position, how quickly it can change on a whim, on on just something on a, on a fluke um, that can happen. So the fact that we're discussing that there are two quarterbacks who are capable of steering the Broncos is is a good thing. Uh, you know, the, the the phrase that I think we use just about every time, and I've stolen it from retread, U.S. Dave, thank you very much. Retread was uh, was the word I was looking for. A retread came off of one of those uh, semi-tires and came off and, and just wiped out my wife's car when she was, I think she was on her way back to college. So um, dangerous uh, how that stuff can be. Um, I was watching the pod last night and, and Chad was talking about, uh, Chad and Zach were talking about how you know, we've learned not to follow certain types of vehicles. Um, one of those was uh, logging trucks. Uh, I used to ride a motorcycle and would ride down to Eufaula, Alabama, where my parents were living at the time. And they had all kinds of logging trucks go. And on a motorcycle behind a logging truck, it feels like you're getting hit by, if you're in short sleeves, it feels like you're getting stung by bees the whole time. So you give them plenty of distance because even if you don't see it, there's plenty of stuff coming off of there. Um but getting back to uh, the discussion here about uh, about Drew Locke, uh, there was a, there was another article on here, and I, th I think it was Zach that that put it up, calling a, a prediction for a new quarterback, and it was uh, it, it was he was quoting Maurice Morton of Bleacher Report, uh, and and the quote was, 
Uh, Locke doesn't have top-notch physical attributes, which lowers his ceiling. On top of that, he's a turnover-prone passer, a fault that may lead him to the bench and open the door for Bridgewater at some point in the upcoming season. If Locke struggles, new general manager George Patton will likely for a new answer at the quarterback position next offseason. A um, couple of things in there. Locke doesn't have top-notch physical attributes. What? Wait, what? You know, I, I think which lowers his ceiling. When we talk about Drew Locke, what's the one reason Broncos fans want Drew Locke to be the starter? Because his ceiling is higher because he's big, he's got decent mobility, and he's got a big-time arm. So I'm not worried about his ceiling. Uh, the second part of that is, uh, you know, he's a turnover-prone passer. That's a, that's a problem. You know, if you're one-to-one on turnovers, uh, turnovers to inter- uh, turnovers to touchdowns, that's going to be a problem. You've got to be with this defense. I think you can go as low as two to one. Um, and if you're approaching three to one, see, I've screwed that up three times, Jeremy. I thought I was getting it right this time. It's Peyton. Uh, what he's saying is FY George Peyton is produced Peyton. And I was like, I, I don't think I'll ever get that right. Him and, Cor- and, and uh, Cor- I don't know how to say it. Cortland Sutton. I've got it. You know, when you meet somebody and you say their name wrong and then you say it again for, wrong for the rest of your life. That's where uh, Peyton's going to be for me uh, and, and Cortland Sutton. So thank you for helping me out with that one because I've been doing it since for three months and now it's just stuck and I'm old and hopefully I'll get it unstuck one day. Um, uh, so thank you for that and thank you for your understanding on those. Um, but when we're talking about uh, ceilings of the quarterbacks, when we talk about Teddy Bridgewater, the intangibles are the words that start coming up. We start talking about leadership. Uh, accuracy, uh, poise, calmness, direction, winner, all those type of things, none of those start hitting the word ceiling. So when we start talking about lock, we start talking about a higher ceiling. We start talking about a stronger arm, better physical attributes. Now, is he going to be Lamar Jackson out there? No. Um, no, that's 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 crazy. That's But that doesn't mean you don't have top-notch physical attributes just because you can't run a 4-3. Um, so I'm not worried about his ceiling so much. Um, if Locke struggles, new general manager, George Payton, <laughs> you know what? When I start writing it out, I'm going to spell it like Payton. I'm just going to spell it out P-E-Y-T-O-N. Uh, Payton will likely look for a new answer at quarterback next off season. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we, we've said that too. In two years, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be the quarterback. Uh, so it's, it's, it's Drew Locke's job to lose to a certain extent because he's the guy who has the con- the cap control. Uh, he's the guy that's, that's fairly, that's relatively inexpensive right now. Uh, Bridgewater is cheap to the Broncos, but he's not a cheap quarterback. And as a veteran, you don't want to pay him what he's going to make. He- he'll still be a $10 million quarterback as he moves around, even if it's just as a backup. So you're hoping that Drew Locke takes that step, but if he doesn't, Teddy Bridgewater is not your long-term answer at quarterback. So then we start looking at, you know, we're going to have to start looking at 2022 draft picks, that type of thing, if Drew Locke does not step up and make that move. So another reason why I think everyone is hoping that Drew Locke is able to, to take that next step. Now, we I, I know, and I see a lot of, uh, you know, there's there's the, the Drew Locke haters, lovers, et cetera, et cetera. 
Where do y'all feel? You know, what do y'all feel right now? Do you think he's got the the ability to step up and, and make that move? Do you think he's going to be the quarterback? Do you think he's going to be, or are you kind of thinking, okay, it's going to be Teddy, and hopefully Teddy can move us into the playoffs and we can get a quarterback in the in the twenty twenty two season? I'm very interested to see what what y'all think, and I'll bring up some of the uh, some of the best comments in here as I'm taking a quick sip of coffee, Broncos for breakfast. As those are coming in. Uh, I want to go in and start talking a little bit uh, about Aaron Rodgers. Um, Andrew Brandt, former, and again, this is on uh, the Mile High Huddle sh- uh, website, milehighhuddle.com, which hopefully you are all there. Appreciate you being here, but keep up with things too um, all day on milehighhuddle.com. Uh, Andrew Brandt, there's an article on there that I think Chad put together. It's either Chad or Zach, former VP. This was, it was Zach. Um, has Andrew Brandt talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers not being traded at all this year, but waiting until 2022. And I was listening to, to the pod last night and listened to Chad and Zach talk about it and, and saying that that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. And I agree. Um, if what, what's our, what's our biggest hesitation right now when we talk about the Broncos making a move for Aaron Rodgers? it's not money. Um, it's not even really age. It's, cost of draft picks it's what's it cost for his age you know we mentioned Deshaun Watson it's it's almost like you can't overpay for a 25 year old three-time pro bowler but at 37 38 years old he'll be you know taking another year you're gonna cut your draft what you can get in return for him in half at best so I think that number of of having uh of having him come in, if you're going to move Aaron Rodgers, now it could be just a, a big, you know, measuring contest, you know, an ego thing. It's like, well, he wants out. We're not, we're we're going to show who's really in charge here. That's a that's a big gamble. You know, that's a big gamble from the front office. So I'd be curious to see what kind of offers have come in because you know they're entertaining offers for sure. Um, what's it going to cost? Two first rounders? Yeah, I think that's a starting point. Anything more than that, and you're starting to hedge a little bit. Um, so Andrew Brandt saying 2022, if it's 2022, you're going to get him for half price. It's, it's going to be, you know, at, at this point, sorry to say it, but a good analogy for Aaron Rodgers is a used car. You know, the, you, you lose when, as soon as you drive off the lot, you're down to, you drop 25% of your value. As soon as the car leaves a lot, three years later, the car's half price, um, it's a tough market. It's a little bit tougher market right now, but if you look at luxury cars, type of cars, anything but a Jeep, there's got to be some Jeep drivers out here. Those things hold their market hold their market value like uh, Harley Davidsons. But if you look at a luxury car at eighty thousand dollars, three years later you're getting it for forty. So if you go for a year at a, for a thirty seven year old quarterback, he's gonna be half price next year. Will he be half as good? Is 75% of Aaron Rodgers good enough for what it would still cost if, if he does take that step back? Uh, maybe. I um, want to go through some of these comments have come through a little bit that I asked for for, for Drew Locke. And uh, we've also had some some new people come in. Uh, Mr. Sir, or Mercier, I'm not sure how you want to say that. He's Mr. Sir McLovin to me. <laughs> uh, I'm a locked outer, but one thing he has the physical tools, but that's it. Uh, and, and that's a big part of it. That's one of the things that makes, I've said the the two hardest positions to really scout coming through doing this for years and years are, are quarterbacks and one, because there's the, the position relies so much on things you can't measure. 
You know, if I see a guy who's big, fast, strong, and tough, he's got a motor, uh, he's going to be a good football player. I can find a spot for that guy. But I can watch a quarterback who's tall, great arm, good feet, has all the physical tools, but might not be a great quarterback. He's a good thrower, um, but thrower and quarterback are two different things. Um, and Jeremy says, I like, I really like Drew, but it's time to put up or shut up. Um, it is, it is, but he's still relatively young. I think, what, what do we say? He's got about 18 starts in the league. Uh, when we went back to breakout players, I was like, I'll make the case for Drew Locke. His numbers for, uh, for 18, his first 18 starts were very similar to Josh Allen's. And then Josh Allen took the next step. Can Drew Locke take that next step? That that's that's the thing. Um, you know, if you had you know those great numbers and and all those stuff in college, but Drew Locke's kind of always been this way, and that that's what I think that's what scares you a little bit. Where he's he's a little uh, loosey goosey with the ball. Um, you know, and I felt that way about uh, Jay Cutler forever. Um, you know, the the phrase that that y'all have heard me use with with Jay Cutler is he's you know the dumbest smart guy I ever I ever watched play. Um, because he made so many bad decisions, but he's obviously smart. You don't go to Vanderbilt without, you know, having a good head on your shoulders. So, um, you know, that's the, I think that's the worry with, there's not a great track record there for, for Drew Locke. Um, Mo Ron, don't know about Locke. NFL isn't a place where you hone your decision-making skills and, and that that's part of it, but there are things you can do to make it easier for him. And, as he gets more comfortable, as he gets more reps, the game slows down uh, as these guys get better. So I think I think that's what you're hoping for. Uh, Richie, welcome. Love me some Broncos for brunch. Uh, Richie, where you have to remind me where you are coming in from because I'm at still at 10:20 in the morning. Um, so it's still Broncos for breakfast for me. And, and good morning, everybody. Everybody that's coming in. U.S. Dave, uh, I, I, I bring this up because I actually had a joke about this one that I kind of passed over and forgot. Uh, I think being a lunkhead is also a hard thing to overcome uh, because the game hasn't slowed for him or will he ever be able to prospect at a respectable level? Lunkhead's harsh. Um, You know, that's harsh, but why I'm bringing that up and because I like the lunkhead is because I'm, do you, does Drew Locke now get the nickname Lugnut? You know, you you don't want that for him. (laughs) I was like, Bolt, Bolt would be so much cooler. The nickname Bolt. Yes, Drew Boltlock or Lockbolt or something, but not Lugnut. Uh, he almost wish he had gotten uh, his windshield had gotten smashed by a bolt instead of a Lugnut. So you know we can say this uh, with a with a with a laugh now because he was okay. Uh, thank thank goodness he was okay. Um, let me see. Uh, let me go through here a little bit. Uh, and Corey says, uh, with regards to Teddy versus Drew, Carolina was great on time of possession last season. If we assume Teddy and Drew have similar points per game, wouldn't getting time of possession be better for resting the D? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. So the time of possession can be a misleading stat, but there's also, if you're playing it the right way. So when we talk about Kansas City, their time of position is low because they're a quick strike offense, you know, and they, they score a lot. Their time of position is low. Um, that can work against a team also. This should absolutely be, a uh, a time of possession team. There, this isn't typically going to be a, a, a huge play offense until the quarterback position steps up. But with this defense, with the two great running backs, with the big receivers, you've got the tight end. You've got everything set up to be a time of possession, grounded out, 
six yards a time, you know, three yards in a cloud of rubber pellets. They, I used to, you know, that that was another joke that I've come up with because of all the plastic plastic turf out there. It used to be clouded dust down here in the south. Um, that you can grind out games now and maybe get a quick three and out and wear down that defense. So, Corey, I, I think that's a good comment. I absolutely agree that uh, the time of possession here should be a factor that is beneficial to the Denver Broncos. All right. So, um, um, Clayton, you know, I uh, want to say welcome here. So you come in also. So welcome. Uh, welcome to the show. And a running game. Yeah, the running game should be get two, two plus running backs, plus offensive line, big receivers, tight end, great defense. You see why everybody is so excited about uh, about this certain position, uh, about this season coming in with that big elephant in the room. Oh, as long as we get a quarterback play, uh, that's a, that's a big if, you know, that's a, that's a big if, you know, if you're right, ta- you, you can protect other positions. You can sort of predict uh, a quarterback. If, if I got, if I got a problem at right tackle, you know, I can, I can chip a running back over there. I can keep a tight end on that side. I can help hide different positions. Quarterback's a tough one. Quarterback's definitely a tough one. Now, um, the Aaron Rodgers we mentioned, we talked a little bit about Drew Locke. Uh, I wanted to hit on that Maurice Moton and Bleacher Report high ceiling comment because that one didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but everything else did on that. Um, you know, because we've said before, if Drew Locke doesn't outright win this quarterback position, then there's going to be a new quarterback in at the latest 2023. Um, maybe you go with Teddy Bridgewater for a season and a half, two seasons. But at the latest, 2023, there will be a new quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Um, I, and I agree. And you were hoping it would be sooner rather than later because you don't want to go two seasons with uh, with negative quarterback play. Um, on Aaron Rodgers on here, we, we started talking a little bit about him, about Aaron uh, Andrew Brandt's comments on him being uh, you know moved and, uh, in, in 2022 instead of 2021. And that didn't necessarily make any sense. And... And Jake Plummer, uh, there's uh, Jake Plummer was in the news talking a little bit about uh, Aaron Rodgers, and he says, "I think it's only appropriate that a guy who's one of the greatest to ever play the game. I mean, make it work, make it work for yourself, make it the right fit. However that is, make it happen because I sorely would miss him slinging the ball around. He's fun to play. So I, I think the the comment out there, that the 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 headline quote was, you know, make it work, make it happen." Uh, but what what he's saying, and, and I'm assuming what he's saying is that he's got to find a way to play, not necessarily make it make it work for the Broncos to make himself get out of there, but he's got to find a way to make it work for him to make sure he plays. Um, and, and I agree with with Jake Plummer on that one. It, that that I just can't see a scenario where Aaron Rodgers is going to sit out now. If he is, he might as well retire. He's not going to retire. You know, when you're 37 years old, you don't have a window of, well, I'm just going to sit out this year. You know, that, that just doesn't make sense. So something, something's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Um, it'd be really interesting. It's, it's going to be interesting no matter what, um, because the storyline around Aaron Rodgers, if he's still in green Bay, the spotlight's going to be on him more intensely than it has ever been. The, if he comes to Denver, it's going to be, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the the Aaron Rodgers show with the Denver Broncos, similar to the way it was with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, as Broncos fans, you're hoping that you have a similar type of ending there uh, with a Super Bowl win. Um, 
Shannon Sharp kind of said, uh, kind of felt the way we do. And I'm going to, I'm going to share my screen on here. Let me, uh, let me bring this up real quick. So now it's running an ad that I wasn't expecting. I even had it queued up. So let me bring this up here real quick. This is why we love having producers. So I'm going to share my screen, share screen over here. And let me see if I can make that a little bigger. There we go. Um, now he's talking a little bit about, uh, you know, what would Aaron Rodgers to the Broncos mean? And, and you know, I can't help but wonder what was just said to the co-host over here? Because the look on her face as Shannon starts talking is is priceless to me. I, that's what I notice is what did they just say? Because, you know, Shannon and Skip are very capable of saying really stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the uh, the what did they just say uh, comment? But let me let me play this for you. Make sure just make sure you can hear this, okay? Kansas City, Baltimore, Tennessee, all will be put on notice. There's no question about it. Their defense will be sensational. And you look at that young talent that they have. If you put uh, Aaron Rodgers in there with Noah Fan at tight end, Jerry Judy, uh, Tim Patrick, they, they they have they have Cortland Sutton, uh, KJ Hammer, they have pieces that can contend. There's no question in my mind. And Von Miller is back and healthy with Bradley Chubb and Pat Sertain and Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. Yes, absolutely. Every, whomever you deem is top in the AFC would be put on notice if Aaron Rodgers donned the blue and orange. There's no question in my mind, Skip. Mm. All right. Anybody disagree with that? Uh, I don't. I don't disagree with that. Um, if... Uh, he just mentioned all the folks that we've been talking about. And it's, it's nice. I mean, Aaron Rod or uh, Shannon Sharp isn't, is national media, but you know, he, he, a phrase I like to use is he might be biased as a, as a former Bronco. Doesn't mean he's wrong. He, everybody's biased. Bias is what makes up who we are. My bias. I like big receivers. That doesn't mean every big receiver is going to be, uh, I'm biased. They're good because I'm biased. It's uh, they're good because, well, that's what has helped make me biased. He might be biased. It doesn't make him wrong. Uh, he just ran through the names. You saw him as he was running through those names on defense. He started kind of edging up, puffing up a little bit more and a little bit more. He's excited about this team. Uh, he's excited about this team. I, I think football fans, neutrals should be excited about this team. Um, the fact that Von Miller and Bradley Chubb have played so little together is astounding. Getting them healthy and on the same field. We've talked about, you know, what position are you most excited to watch? For me, it's those two guys, the the edge rushers. So um, that's what uh, I, I absolutely. He's echoed a lot of what we have been saying uh, internally here with you know local media. And and while when I mean local, I mean local to the team, not necessarily local. You know, in Denver. I'm obviously I'm not in Denver, um, but talking specifically about the Denver Broncos. We might be biased. Doesn't make us wrong. It doesn't make us wrong. This is a team that is built to contend, assuming they get the quarterback play. And if you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you've got the quarterback play. That question's answered. And it's not just answered. It's answered emphatically. Um, so uh, Jake has a, a comment in here. Jake, welcome. That's a, a new comment. So I, I wanted to say welcome at the same time. So I think the, the offensive coordinator should be on the hot seat as well. Watching the game, I knew the plays, uh, pass, run, pass, <laughs> knew the plays at home. Uh, and Jake, that can be a limit of your personnel. Um, 
you know, I, I like to, I like to give a little bit of benefit of the doubt, you know, and, and find out why, you know, why were the plays predictable? You know, were you afraid to throw the ball downfield? Were you afraid to run bootlegs? Were you afraid to run play action? Um, and, and have that question answered. You know, once you start seeing a pattern with different personnel and all these kind of stuff, you're like, okay, this guy sucks, uh, which I've said before. But um, I'm willing to give a, a one-year benefit of the doubt based on the personnel because, you know, sometimes you're limited by what the players you have can do. All right. I'm going to move on just a little bit, like I said I would. Again, this is Broncos for Breakfast. This is uh, – I'm Scott Kennedy. Um those of you, those of you in here, we've we've got a bunch in here, and I don't know how many new people we have. But uh, I was a director of scouting at Scout for a long time. Uh, I grew up in Atlanta. I grew up an Atlanta sports fan, and as an Atlanta sports fan, I had to branch out to watch other teams because my teams were usually done within the first four weeks of the season. So I have always enjoyed uh, the general manager aspect of building a team, the draft, the free agency, and all that type of stuff, and it it helped shaped my career. Honestly, it helped shape my career to get into, into scouting and, and projecting and analyzing. Um, so I've, I've worked with, uh, with Chad Jensen for 10 years. Uh, I, I helped sign him at, uh, when we were at scout, I helped sign him when we were at, at sports illustrated and we've continued to work together and we will continue to work together for a long time. Cause, cause Chad's good people. Um, now free agency, let's talk a little bit about free agency. Mike Evans had a, a comment had a, a story about this big free agency uh, money here. That's I think there's $28 million that the, the, the Broncos are going into the season under the cap. That is significant amount of money. Now he mentioned he, he levied that by saying, you know, he hedged, he hedged it by saying, now this could be reserved for Aaron Rodgers because the Broncos are the one, only teams that could bring on Aaron Rodgers and stay and stay, uh, you know, fairly cap neutral. Uh, which is true. Um, then he mentioned a couple of guys to watch where there were two players that he mentioned were, were, were Shalit Calhoun, uh, linebacker, and Trey Burton, who jumbo athlete, tight end. He played some H-back and stuff at Florida, came as a came to Florida as a quarterback, actually, a, a Tim Tebow type of quarterback, um, but just a spectacular athlete and has, and has made his way. So he, he's thinking that outside linebacker and, and tight end are places that could use some some shoring up. Uh, I'm hoping, and I'm thinking that that you probably are too, that the tight end position is fairly well set. Alberto coming off a knee injury should should be the the number two guy. Uh, do you need a number three guy? Yeah, um, but that's not where I'm looking to spend 28 million dollars. So <laughs> there's a uh, there is a the movie Tom Hardy is one of my favorite actors. And Inception, when uh, when they're getting into a fight, and you know, guy brings out a machine gun and he starts whipping out like a, a grenade launcher. And he, it, the phrase was, you know, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Uh, always sticks in my mind for occasions like this. So when Mike is talking about, you know, free agents and twenty eight million dollars, I'm not looking at Shalit Calhoun and Trey Burton. Um, you know, why not? Let's let's look let's look at the stars. Why not Justin Houston? You know, everything that I read out there says Ravens, 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 Ravens. And I don't think he's signed yet. He's still out there. But why not Justin Houston? Uh, tail end of his career, made $9 million in 2020, and then had eight sacks last year. That's affordable. Um, that is a terrific piece of insurance for Von Miller and or Bradley Chubb staying healthy. And now you got a three-man rotation with guys out there that can flat out get after the quarterback. Um 
So, you know, I want to I want to start looking at guys that in, there's not a ton of them out there anymore. But if, if I'm looking for this season for 2021, I'm shooting a little bigger, a, a little bigger than those guys. The, the, the guys that he's mentioning, you don't need cap room to sign them. They were both under a million dollars. You can get veteran exceptions for those type of guys. But 2022 starts getting interesting. It, it's it, it does. Um, and when you're looking at free agents that you could go after, yeah, you want to go one. Does Denver, you know, is Denver a type of team that can attract a top level free agent because they're on the right trajectory? So this season's going to have a lot to do with it. Otherwise, you end up spending big on players that are basically 100% monetarily motivated. And those guys might not give you everything that you want out of them when they're <clears throat> when you're having to overpay to uh, to get somebody to come. So when we were talking about what it might cost to bring in Aaron Rodgers and giving up a first round pick, multiple first round picks, uh, two or three first round picks, but what it also does is it makes you much more. One, you don't have to pay those guys. Um, you don't have to pay those guys the money for uh, first round money for uh, draft picks. But two, it makes yourself a much more viable destination for free agency. So I'm looking at a couple of the guys here. And when we he started talking outside linebacker, how about Fred Warner, 49ers? He's going to be an unrestricted free agent coming next year. Uh, how about Hassan Reddick, uh, Carolina Panthers? He had 12 and a half sacks in 2020 playing for the Panthers. They were a terrible team last year. They might get a little better, but... That's the, the type that you can start looking after to try and poach from these teams that they want to leave. Uh, you've got some money and you've got some age in the defensive secondary, the safety position. Is Jamal Adams a moonshot? He's going to be 26 years old. It feels like we've been talking about Jamal Adams for a decade. He's going to be 26 years old in October. He's an unrestricted free agent. Um, you know, when you start looking at the at the salary cap of the Denver Broncos, it's it's crazy. And, and part of it is because you're not paying a quarterback quarterback money right now, um, which makes it so important that Drew Locke continues to, you can get another year uh, out, of, out of him. So, you know, when you look at the highest paid guys, you know, you're Von Miller, Von Miller's on a one-year deal, you know, depending on how that shakes out, he's got a 22 million cap hit this year and he's on a one-year deal. I know all of us, would like Von Miller to be back next year to have the type of season where you pay him, you know, premium dollars. It's Von Miller. Uh, you know, he made the Mount Rushmore of, uh, of Denver Broncos for Nick when I, when we did our best ever episode. The other one that, that is interesting to me uh, is, is Graham Glasgow uh, guard. He's got a, a $17 million cap hit dead cap on uh, $11 million cap hit and his base salary of eight and a half million dollars. That's a lot of money for uh, a guard. So, you know, can will you be able to free up some space there? Uh, Melvin Gordon is the fourth highest paid player on the Denver Broncos as a running back. Uh, but when you start talking about fourth highest paid player, his cap hit right now is nine. He's probably not going to be back. I wouldn't expect him. Um, Bradley Chubb, Bryce Callahan. Uh, as much money as the Broncos just put into uh, the secondary with Patrick Sertan there, is $9 million of Bryce Callahan going to be back? Because um, his dead cap hits only one seven. So, you know, he's coming down towards the end of his, his contract. Uh, Kareem Jackson, you know, we start going down still the top 10. 
Uh, 33 years old, $5 million. Yeah, we, we can live with that. So the, the type of money, there's not only is there a ton of room, there's a lot of options. Now, you're, now obviously, guys coming off of rookie deals and stuff, you're going to have to spend more money on. But there is so much money that's going to be available in, in 2022. Now, I mentioned three guys. Um, you know, how about another one? You know, who else is going to be a free agent? Um, I've said before, it's like, who really wants to play with the Washington football team? What a disaster that franchise has been uh, since Snyder took over as owner, what seems like forever ago now. Jonathan Allen, defensive tackle, is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, you can never have enough defensive linemen, and he's going to be a premium guy coming out. Um, three-time Pro Bowler, Taron Adams, offensive tackle out of New Orleans. So if you can get the quarterback play this year, there's so much, so much riding on the quarterback play this year because you can, it, if you're going the right trajectory and you've got all this money and you become a place, you, not only can you attract these free agents, you can actually attract them. You can New England Patriots, the, the league. You can, you can attract guys for a discount because you're going to be a desirable place to go out and play and and win guys will take a, a a discount not a huge one but a, a discount to go in and uh and, and play for championships they absolutely will we've seen it time and time again so the the class of 2022 this season means this is almost it's almost like college football where there are there are uh uh ramifications to losing in college football you know you have a crap season you don't get rewarded with a higher draft pick. They don't try and make you better. They, they, the recruits start turning away from you. So you can start nosediving in a hurry. And this, this feels like this type of season to me where the Broncos, if their upward trajectory goes up with all this money that they have with the open cap space, they could attract some premier free agents at a relative discount. So this, this season is going to be so intriguing for um, for so many reasons, so uh, and that's one that I'm looking for. So you know, Mike, don't don't be afraid to, to start dreaming a little bigger when you've got the Denver Broncos and 30 million plus dollars of cap space opening up. But I did I did enjoy his uh, his his article. Um, one more thing I wanted to talk about. Now I want to get um, what what y'all think about this. This is something that we've talked about with instant replay, and I'm not gonna not gonna spend a lot of time on this, but instant replay was put into the game to overturn the egregious, to overturn the clear and obvious. And I feel like too much of it is going into trying to re-ref the game uh, to the minutia. You know, when when you're – and college is probably worse than the NFL because they review every play. But, you know, when you get a, a goal line type of stand, you're go, you know, first and goal at the three – you run three plays to the goal line and they review all three of them because did he get in or didn't he get in? It just kills the game. But by that same token, I'm not a huge fan of the challenge system either because it shouldn't be up to the head coach to make sure that the refs are doing their jobs. You know, oh, I, I, you missed that call. It didn't get overturned because you didn't want to embarrass your buddy. Now I've lost my challenge and uh, an even worse call happened later. But now we can't do anything about it. That's wrong. You know, that shouldn't happen either. So what about if there's uh, and, and the way I've always said it is you should have about 20 to 30 seconds to review a call. That's it. Put a timer on them. If you cannot make a, a judgment call within 20 or 30 seconds, it's not clear and obvious. Let's play ball. 
you know, move on. It, it, a replay shouldn't ever take longer than a minute. And for baseball guys, they shouldn't be able to hold up play and review it themselves before they decide to challenge. This guy had to make a split second call. So do you. And if you can't, it wasn't clear and obvious. So you can see I'm, I'm fairly passionate about this. But, you know, I thought one of the a system that might work, if you had, had three people, uh, uh, men and women running the uh, a replay, a replay booth, and it comes in and says, you know, here's a play that comes in and you have three options. Let's say it was a catch, catch, no catch, keep ruling on the field. And you have three people that do it. And it basically to overturn a call, it has to be unanimous. And you've got 30 seconds to do it. I think that'd be a pretty slick system, um, you know, it, 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 to to have it to have it be like that. Now, some people have said they shouldn't even know what the call is coming in. I, you know, I don't I don't agree with that because there's bang bang plays all over the place where I've watched plays and I'm like I still can't tell what happened. Well, then stick with the call on the field. Um, so you know, th- that should that should absolutely be one of the options. But that's one of the one of the thoughts I have thought out with replay. And you know, how are how are you guys? How do you guys feel? I don't know how many other sports you watch. How do you guys feel about the replay system in the NFL? Good, bad? Are there some tweaks you'd make? Um, you know, what do you feel? What do you feel about it? And um, I'm going to start going through some of the comments on here because um, US Dave has a very good comment when I was talking about salary cap on here. Don't forget the cap room rolls over if we don't use it. That um, seems like a, a good play. Yeah, not only that, not only can you create more room based on the contracts that are coming up. But you're going to get to keep some of the cap room if you don't use it. So, 2022, uh, it, it's it's going to be like playing Monopoly, um, and, and hopefully that uh, you know, and, and plus the cap should go up. It'll go up for everybody, but the the cap room should should go up a little bit. Um, you know, and, and teams like the Atlanta Falcons who have five million dollars will just be able to re-sign guys to raises where they still won't be a player in in free agency. It should be even better for uh, for the. Um, for teams like the Denver Broncos that have, have some extra room. So yes, Dave, good call on that one. Um, Moron says, ask new Orleans how well instant replay works. And, and that's the thing, you know, that's what instant replay was supposed to be about, you know, Oh, well, that's not a reviewable call. You know? Yeah, it, it is. It's a clear and obvious error. When you mess up so badly that they have to change a rule, you probably should have had the common sense clause put into the rules. Um, and, uh, you know, Jeremy says if they can track a soccer ball, they should be able to, to see if the ball crossed the goal line. And, and to me, that's the, the tough, that one drives me the craziest when we start talking about, you know, the reviews. You've got this huge scrum, and then they stop the game for two minutes to review it. And if you don't have a three-dimensional, 360-degree view, you can't see anything in there. You know, are we, are we going to start lining cameras underneath or put sensors in the ball? Maybe. Is that what it takes? I think soccer is a little bit easier because, you know, the ball is, is out in the way. Um, um, but, but football, those are the ones that drive me the craziest is the, the respot. Now, again, if it's clear and obvious, fine. But when college football, which reviews every play, starts stopping goal line play after goal line play, I was watching a, I was watching a, a soccer match and I went to halftime and I flipped over to, uh, to, to a college football game. And I saw four plays in a 15 minute halftime Four. Uh, play on the goal line, stop and review play on the goal line, stop and review. So actually I only saw three turnover run back review to see if it was an illegal block or if he stepped on a mouse three plays in 15 minutes. 
I'm like, and, and people say soccer is boring. Jesus, that is just killing the game. So I think uh, I think that's got to be changed. And, and Moron says, replay is awful if there are plays that cannot be overturned or certain rules were in place. Again, I almost feel like there should be a common sense clause. I'm like, yeah, well, this we didn't legislate for this, so it shouldn't be, uh, you know, it, it, we can't overturn it. Well, why not? It's it's obvious. It's a clear and obvious. That should be one of the clauses. That's why it was put in place, right? I agree, I agree with you. Uh, and Corey says, what do you think of using the replay system to overturn or add new penalties after reviewing the play? Um, replay system, it should, you know, it, it should be there. The other thing, you know, replays can and are used for um, retroactively assigning fines, you know, for, for late hits, for that type of thing. I'd like to see that used more, clean up, clean up the game a little bit. Um, and as Jeremy says, and I agree with you, if we have replay, there shouldn't be non-reviewable situations. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're at, uh, I might cut this just uh, a little bit early. We're about 50 minutes in right now, and, and my voice is starting to give out. So grab another sip of coffee real quick. But I appreciate you being here. Uh, and, and I appreciate you, you, you bearing with me as, as we went through this, as I went through this solo. Hopefully it wasn't it wasn't too painful. You know, hit that, hit that like and uh and uh share and all those kind of buttons, even you know, if you didn't enjoy it, just because you know you think, well, I feel sorry for Scott for having to go by himself. So I'm, I'm gonna give him some support and he'll do better once once Nick comes back. <laughs> um, no, I, I appreciate y'all being here. Um, again, tomorrow, uh, we're going to talk, we're going to talk uh, on my channel. For those of you who are interested, we're going to talk euros and, and we're going to talk some soccer. We're going to talk some soccer. Um, we went, we, we previewed three games of the four. For some reason I, we forgot Ukraine and, and Denmark or Denmark and Czechoslovakia. I don't know how we did that one, but we went three for three. Jason and I, we agreed on all three games. We went three for three. So they weren't that hard to pick, but we did have Italy over Spain, which was tough. And, um, and then Denmark winning and England winning. And I think I had Italy and England in the final. So we'll be talking a little bit about that, but, uh, reviewing the topics today, you know, we went over the quarterback situation. Uh, free agency. See, that's the kind of stuff I love. I love the uh, the personnel, the scouting, and the selecting and building the team. I'm the guy that gets Madden and never plays a game, uh, or play at NCA and never actually plays a game. I do the recruiting and the development and do that, and then I simulate, and then I would do it all over again. Um, so I love that aspect of the game, and having this much free agency money is exciting. It's exciting. Um, you know, having Aaron Rodgers out there is a possibility, and then having free agency money is exciting. Um, drafting in the top 10 in a draft like last year was exciting. You know, you got Patrick Sertan. You know, it wasn't everybody's first choice, just like, you know, being in Atlanta, Kyle Pitts might not have been my first choice, but you were going to get an elite player. That's exciting. I can't wait to watch these guys at the ground running. So uh, I love talking free agency. I love talking draft, and I appreciate you all being here today. Um, We'll be back next Tuesday. Nick should be back with Broncos for breakfast. Make sure you're hitting all those like, subscribe, and share buttons. Uh, it certainly helps us out. And unless there are any questions, and, and thanks, everybody, for, for chiming in as we're getting out of here. Dave, Mike, Jeremy. Jeremy, I better see you tomorrow. Uh, I'm sorry about your Spain team. That was a, a, a tough way to go out. Um, but it was uh, certainly an enjoyable game for the neutrals. Um, 
But unless I see you tomorrow, I will see you all next Tuesday. And I hope you have a great weekend. This is Broncos for Breakfast on Mile High Huddle. And uh, thanks for being here and have a good day.